Today I'll be reading from the NIV version. Yeah. Um, if I could get y'all to go to Luke 14, 16 through 24. Yeah. Say amen when you're ready. Amen. All right. Jesus replied, a certain man was prepared a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who have been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Amen. So I got a couple of questions for you. So tell us, <laughs> she's like, what you going to ask me? <laughs> tell us a little bit about the story. Tell, what does that story say to you? Tell us about what that story says to you. Um, it's about people making excuses not to come and go to this banquet, which really I think the message behind it is that although people are making excuses not to come and worship God, that doesn't mean that you can't, that you have to stop inviting people to come to church and fill in the house. Yeah, good. What were the three excuses? Do you know them? Oh, three excuses. Okay, so um, <laughs> first excuse was he bought some land and he had to go see it. But that doesn't make no sense because if you're buying land, I'm pretty sure you're going to see it before you buy it. <laughs> and then <laughs> the second was he bought oxen he had to go see him. Same applies to the first. And then the third was he got married, so he wanted to spend some time with his wife. Yeah. Wow, he should have seen her before he married her, huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. He really should have. <laughs> so given what you take away from the text, what would you say to these people they need to do as a result of what the passage is saying to you? I think that just because people give you excuses as to why they can't come and worship the Lord, that you still should, as... <laughs> that you should still invite people to come and worship the Lord because that's what you're supposed to do. All right, good. Come fill this ark, good. Yeah, fill the ark. Yeah, pray for us, yeah, pray for us, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here this beautiful morning to be in your presence and receive your message. I pray for a pastor and that you continue to inspire him to give us your word, Lord. I pray for whoever is or isn't right with God that they leave today and they know you better and that you help us understand how important it is to appreciate you in everything that you do, little and big, and to help us build a relationship with you to where we can come to you with any situation that it is. And dear Lord, Father, in the words of the praise and worship team, we need you, Lord. Yeah. And it's all right. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. <laughs> we need you, Lord. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. 
I just pray for whoever's going through hardship that you touch their spirit and their heart mm. and their situation and mm. let them know that they're not alone mm. and help, excuse me, You're and fine. help us um, see through your perspective so that we can be more like you, God. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, Shua. Thank you. Appreciate you. Wow. Amen. Come on, y'all. Show Deja some love. Yeah. Go, girl. Yeah. Amen. I am loving this. I am loving. I am loving. I am loving. Come on, show her just a little more love. Yeah, yeah. Come on, encourage her. Encourage her. Amen. 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 You done did good, girl. Amen. She said, I was feeling that worship. Yeah. That's nice when, 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 when the young folk are feeling it. That means it's relevant and it's touching them. Yeah, that's what that means. And it's meeting them at the point of need. So we thank God for that. I am switching gears uh, this morning. That's the wrong backdrop, but it's okay. Um, and I want to, um, we've been talking about the issue of building this ark and um, inviting people to help us build it. I want to kind of make a transition and talk about filling it now and getting to the place where we work with God and being all that God would have us to be. I just have three simple things that I want to share with you as it relates to what this passage is about. And then we're going to really shift on an evangelistic mode um, to hear and receive and be in tune with God. I, um, I'm having mixed emotions this morning. And here's the reason for my mixed emotions. Um, I have a little card in my hand. And the card says, Jehovah's Witness. And it says, JW.org. And then on the back of it, there's like a, um, a barcode reader, and it says, learn more about the Bible. Let me tell you how I came across this. Sitting at Starbucks this morning, minding my own business, going over my message, Bible open, iPad open, computer open, just trying to internalize what I'm going to say. So a group of people um, come in like they do every morning to, to buy coffee, and uh, they were well-robed, meaning they had on good clothes. And so one brother came over and he says, hey, brother, how you doing, man? I'm like, I'm good. Then he says to me, I've noticed for the past couple of weeks that I've been coming here that you always sit here with your Bible open and reading. And here's what he said to me. Um, I want to help you to understand what you're reading. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. He was bald, right? He did. I mean, he was doing his job. And he gave me this card, and he says, um, just take this. Um, it'll help you understand that Bible even better. Um, and so I took the card. I said, thank you, man. And then in his polite way, being well-trained as he was, he said to me, thank you for taking the card. And so I was curious. I took my phone, and I scanned to the barcode reader. Man, and sure enough, it went right to um, their website and all the steps on how to study the Bible and how to learn the Bible and then the barcode even gave me a choice on their thing to choose a place to come and learn more about it and all that good stuff. And then I started to get ticked off. I did. I said to myself, what's wrong with Christians? Right? Why don't we do that? Why aren't we taking the lead? So I said, I'm going to take this Dugon card and I'm going to duplicate it. And I'm going to put Restoration Christian Fellowship on it. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm going to create a barcode for us that kind of points to our website. You kind of get what I'm saying? And point people to church. 
And next time I see that brother, I'm going to say, let me help you learn the Bible. <laughs> I'm going to go there. I sure am. I'm going to go there to him. Because we're behind the times. We're behind the, you kind of get what I'm saying? And we wonder why, we wonder why our ark is not full. We wonder why um, people aren't being pressed and come to the place where God would have us to be. We're not, we're not hungry like we should be. We're not tenaciously aggressive as we should be about the things of God. I mean, these people take our day of worship. This dude didn't even ask me if I was a Christian, if I understood what I was reading, if I knew God. It was none of that. He was just committed to what he was doing. And regardless of what I knew or did not knew, he wanted to get me to a place to learn more. I think the church of God ought to be like that. And my concern for us as we kind of make a shift to kind of talk more about um, partnering with God and working with God is that we need to reinstill the fire where we have a boldness about us, where we develop what I'm going to call a Noah mindset, where Noah, in the midst of all the chaos that was going on in his culture, he remained faithful to God and still did what God would have him to be and do. So I want us to get to that place where we're doing that. So today, I want to take this parable and begin talking about or laying some foundation to train us and teach us to equip us to get more of where God would have us to be. So what I want to do this morning is I want to just share uh, three simple things with you to hopefully reignite a flame so we can get to the place where we're working with God. Turn to your neighbor with me and, and turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, help me fill the ark. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, I need you to work with me to fill the ark. So, so let's, let's go through uh, this, this text as we kind of just talk through uh, some of the things that are here. And um, boy, we have, okay, here's, I want you all to look into this. Here's the thing that I want you to understand as we walk through this. Number one, and I'm just going to go right to the text and flesh it out a little bit. There's an invitation that's been extended to every person on the face of the earth to join God at his banquet table. An invitation has been extended, and I want to walk to that. So look with me as we read um, these verses of passage of Scripture in front of us. It says here, verse 15 of Luke chapter 14, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, and I'll give you a little bit of backdrop, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat at the banquet table of God. But he said to him, Jesus speaking now, a man once gave a great banquet and he invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. Now here's what you need to know about this narrative that's going on. Jesus received an invitation to go to a home of a prominent leader to eat with him and to fellowship with him. And the way invitations would work back in that day, because culture was a little different, and it looked nothing like our culture today. Those who were able, when they sent out invitations for people to come and fellowship with them, the invitation was normally done in a twofold manner. Number one, when preparation was being made, the, the, the host would send out an invitation and, and it probably had something that says, respond so I can know how to make adequate preparation. So what would happen is, is the purpose of that invitation would be so the host could know how to adequately prepare because you must understand with me in that day and age, they didn't have refrigerators and they didn't have freezers 
and they didn't have all the things that we have to adequately prepare food. So if a cow needed to be killed, it wasn't like at the end of the meal they can put the rest in the freezer or in the fridge and store it up. So they had to have exact portions or as close as possible to the exact amount so when the guests showed up, meal, the meal would be served. So once those responded saying, I am going to be there, you all know this, it would be like the host now has a head count and he can go about making preparations for the meal. Now, once the meal was prepared, a second invitation was sent out, and that invitation basically said, everything is now ready, it's now time to come and eat at the banquet table. Now, the reason I want to bring that up and just give you that backdrop, because the Jews now, um, they had this mindset where they equated heaven to be equivalent to sitting at the banquet table, eating with Jesus. And, and most of you notice, if you follow this biblically, that in the book of Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, man sinned, man fell from God, and preparations were being made for the banquet in heaven with Jesus. Then if you were to shift forward to the New Testament, once Jesus came and died on that cross of Calvary, the meal was prepared, and now a second invitation, if I may use that term, is being sent out to say, come, because the banquet is now ready. Are you with me? Come on, say amen if you're with me. Now, before we go deep into the text, I want you to, to notice a couple of observations about the text. Number one, observe with me that the man who gave this banquet can be representative or is representative and symbolic of none other than God himself. So God is preparing a banquet. Come on, say amen, okay? And then the banquet, as I said, is symbolic of, of the end time when we get to sit at the table with Jesus when he returns for his church, when he takes us to go with him, to be with him eternally in heaven. Now here's the piece that I want us not to miss. We talked about the host, we talked about the banquet, and the third person I want you to look at is the servant, because the servant is symbolic of me, and the servant is symbolic of you. Come on, talk to me. So here's the servant. Notice his descriptive. He was an ambassador of the master. He represented his master. He worked for the master. He obeyed the master, and he carried out the master's command. Here's what you also need to know about the servant. When the feast was ready and the master said to the servant, go out and, and call those who have been invited to come because the feast is now ready, hear me say this, because the servant belonged to the master, because the servant was ambassador to the master, the servant didn't have a choice in executing the commands. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? He had to go do what the master said do. Now, this is a good place for a parenthetic because if I am a servant of God and God tells me that the banquet is now ready and I need to go invite the guests, it seems that in obedience to God, I need to go do like... <laughs> I need to go do what God is sending me to do. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, as we talk about that servant, notice, notice the message. I, I want you all to pay close attention to the message that the servant delivered. And here is what his message was. 
in verse uh, 17, he says, at the time of the feast, at the banquet, he sent the servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. I need you all to say that with me. Say come. come. For everything is now ready. The servant was not send, sent to deliver his own message. The servant was not sent to say what the servant wanted to say. He had a unified or a focused message that came directly from the mouth of the master that says, come, everything is now ready. What I like about the text is that the servant was not sent to discuss, to discuss worship team issues. <laughs> the servant, the servant was not sent to discuss issues that might be going on within the church. The servant was not sent to, to talk about the other servants. Uh, he had a one track and a one focus message, and that was to say, come, because everything is now ready. Now, here's what I want us to get and to understand. If we are the voice of God, as people of God, if God has saved us and God has called us, we are obligated because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life to communicate the Word of God, to tell a lost and a dying world that there is hope for them. They need to come because everything is now ready. Well, what is ready, preacher? Jesus went to Calvary to pay the price for their sins and it doesn't matter where they are or what they've done, their sins can be forgiven. They ought to come because everything is now ready. Oh, come on, say amen. This excites me because you're not inviting people into a relationship where there is no hope for them. We're not inviting people into a place where they're worshiping a false god. We're not inviting people into a place where they can't be relieved from the situation we're going through. We're inviting them to a God who loves them, a God who cares, a God who can meet their needs, a God who can deliver them from whatever their situation is. If there's any person that have a message of hope. It is us as a body of Christ, and we need to tell the world, come, because everything is now ready. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Now, here's what you need to know as I kind of press through this. When you tell people to come, man, like, boy, they're going to come up with some dumb stuff. <laughs> no other ways to say it. Now, here's what I want y'all to understand with me. Regardless of the excuse you hear, it does not dictate the continuation or the procession of the banquet. I, yeah, you got to work that out. You got to work that out. You got to work that out. So, so, so hearing people say no should not be a demotivation. You press on anyway because the banquet's going to happen. Are you with me? Let, me, let me? let me just connect this to Noah really quick. Um, it didn't matter who obeyed the voice of Noah and entered the flood or not. The fact is the flood was still going to come. Are you with me? Whether they chose to enter or not, God had already said he was going to destroy the world. It was in their best interest to respond when they hear the voice of God. So, so, so in going out, we're going to hear all kinds of crazy stuff. But what I want us to understand this morning, it does not dictate or prevent the banquet from happening. It's going to happen anyway. Oh, hallelujah this morning. Amen. Now, notice the text. Notice the text. Notice the text. And 
And I don't even know to go into detail in this because you already can, you know what this is. Look at verse, verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excuse. Now, before I even read the next one, this, this is, these are people that are so caught up in managing their investments that they don't have time for God. Now, now here, here's the stupidity of what this, if, if you were to, to, to do the, the work on what this verse is literally saying, temporize it, here's what it's saying. I bought a home and I haven't seen the home yet, but I've got it financed and I've closed on it. I need to go make sure I got a good deal. Who buys, they should put it well, who buys the home? Come on, y'all. Jesus is trying to amplify the stupidity of the excuses that people will make as opposed to responding to an invitation to come to the banquet table. Let me move on because this is simple stuff. Look at the next one. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and, and look at this, and I go to examine them. That, that verbal phrase, I go, is, is present tense. So here's the thing. I, 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 bought, I bought these oxen, and I can't come to the banquet because I am now on my way to check it out. I, 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 like, I like what one commentator said about this. It's kind of like my wife's car just broke down, right? It's kind of like me calling somebody else up on the phone and says, hey, my wife's car died. I need to get her a new one. So can we just make a deal over the phone? I don't care what you got. Just sell me something. Right? And then I, I, I buy the thing. And then after I bought it, I said, baby, I bought you a car. And she's like, we got to go to dinner. No, I can't go to dinner right now. I got to go see what I just bought you. <laughs> you, you, get, you get the stupidity. You get, come on, because you don't know how crazy this stuff is, right? And here, here's the third one. Here's the third guy. He says this. He says this. I have just married a wife. Lord have mercy. <laughs> now... <laughs> I, I don't even need to say anything about, about leave that one alone before I get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Let your imagination do the preaching. All right. I married a wife, therefore I cannot come. Here is, is what I want you to know about this, is that when we engage people in the proclamation or the presentation of the gospel, we're going to hear stuff that we're going to shake our heads any way you look at it, like, what in the world? But here's the point I want you to understand that'll keep us going. The responses or the excuses we hear does not dictate whether the banquet is going to continue or not. And I, I need y'all to resonate with me with that because, because one person saying no does not mean that the gospel is not going to go forth. The gospel will continue on. And here's the big point of what Jesus was trying to communicate in the parable. The Jews, the Jews had this mindset that, that, that salvation was extended exclusively for them. And they had fooled themselves into believing that they would be the only ones sitting at the banquet table with Jesus and no Gentile had access to this banquet table with the Lord. 
And Jesus raised this parable to reinforce the fact that there will be others because Scripture says in John, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, the Scripture says, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Now, the other thing that strikes me about this parable is, is I believe we need to be careful because some of us might very well fool ourselves into thinking because I've been in church all my life, by default, I'm going to make it to the banquet table. <sighs> Check your heart. Guard your life. Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, are you hearing me? Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing I want to share with you so we can press through this. If I can get this to go to the third one. Okay, look at this. This is important. A negative response opens the doors for others to attend the banquet. And might I add, if a person rejects, they attend in their place. Let's read. Let's read. So the servant came and respond, reported these things to the master. And my Bible says that the master of the house became angry. And he said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done. And he says, and still there is room. Then he sends this third invitation, and the master told the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled, for I tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Go back up to verse 21. The servant came and reported to the master, and then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the streets and to the lanes of the city and bring in the poor the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me tell you what that's saying. Understand with me, if you listen carefully to how I begin, that people of clout, people of status, when they, when they give a banquet, they would do this twofold invitation where they would send out an initial thing that said RSVP, then when the banquet was ready, they would send another invitation that says come. Now, here's the thing that you need to know about what Jesus is trying to communicate in the text. Everybody didn't get the first invitation. I want you all to wrestle with that. But I thank God. I thank God for the second invitation. Because when I look at the second invitation and I look at the scripture, it seems that Jesus went through his contact list again. <laughs> And in looking at his contact list, he changed zip codes a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and as opposed to having all zip codes that live on the south side, he stretched it out a little bit to folk who are a little more marginalized. Come on, I need somebody in here. And, 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 and he looks at the names and he says, here's some criteria that they ought to have. He says, cripple, and he said, lame, and he said, 
poor and he said blind and maybe you think I'm missing you. He said broke down and, and divorced, come on, and strung on drugs and, 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 and are going through hardships in life and have filed for bankruptcy and can't get a job and, and are single parent raising children and single father raising. And he says go out into the highways and hedges and, and get those folks to come. I don't know about you, church, but I thank God for the second invitation. I, I, thank, I, thank, I thank God. I thank God for the second invitation because who I am today is not who I was, come on, yesterday. And I think I'm comfortable in saying to the majority of us in here today, who you are today is not who you were yesterday. Are you with me? And, and because of the second invitation, we now have access to the throne of God. But here's the flip in the text. The servant says, I've done that. And there's still. Do me a favor, look around. Look around. I need somebody to holler, there's room. Come on, say there's room. I, I need y'all to hear me. He says, we've done that. And then he says, there's still room. And then notice the third word he uses this time. Now he says, go and compel them to come. Lock into this. The first time he said, the banquet is ready, he says, tell them come. It was a gentle call because those folk are supposed to be there because they told him they were going to be there while he was preparing. Then they made the decision not to come. Then he switches word. He says, go and now make folk come. And, and, and that's you and that's me. And we responded to the second call. But there's some knuckleheads out there. I need somebody to, to walk with me. And, and, and now that you and I have come in, you might know who that person is in your family that's a knucklehead. Come on. You might know who that person is on your job that's a knucklehead. Come on. You might, you might be married to that person. And, 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 and they can't. They hadn't responded to the first call and the second call. And listen to what he's saying. Compel them to come. Here's what you need to know about that word compel. It's not a word of force. It's not a word to say drag them in. It's not a word that says that. It's a word that says you ought to be so convincing. You ought to be so compelling in your testimony because here's why some folk aren't coming is because you know how this works. If you look at how the parable begins, when you set a banquet, don't invite folk. Let me summarize that can pay you back. So you must understand that first group of people could repay or they could host the banquet and invite the host himself to return to the banquet. This third group of folk, they can't repay nothing. Come on. And he's saying, you ought to go to them and make the message so compelling and tell them you don't have to repay nothing because Jesus already paid it all. Come on. You, you, you don't have to have money in the bank because Jesus already paid it all. All you need do is just come to the banquet table. I don't know about you, but, but when I look around, heaven, I hold, God has, I mean, the earth has been in existence for a long time, and a lot of people have died and made it in, but there is still room. Come on. 
Matter of fact, one hymnist put it this way, there is room at the cross for you. There's room, he says, at the cross for you. And he says, though millions have come, there's still room for one. There is room at the cross for you. And I thank God for that because Scripture is clear where it says, whosoever will, let him come. If there is any reason, people, that we have to motivate, to motivate ourselves to work with God in filling the ark, is because there's still room. There's still room. As long as I have breath in my lung, there's room. As long as you have breath in your lung, there's room. Come on, come on, say, say there's still room. Say it again, say there's still room. There are people out there doing what they do, and we need to let them know gently, hear the word compel, that God loves them, that God cares about them, that God died for them, that God has the solutions to the challenges that they're facing in life. Come in the ark. Come to the safety of the salvation that's provided in the ark. And like I've been saying in the previous series, coming in the ark, don't stop the problems from happening, but there's protection as you're going through, come on, the storms of life. Come, come, come to the ark this morning. Here, here's where I want to end. I want you all to get this in your spirit as we kind of talk about this. So here's what this says. The invitation has been extended for all to join God at the banquet table. Your excuse does not dictate if the banquet proceeds. It, it dictates your replacement. <laughs> it dictates your replacement. So if you say no, here's God. I'm good. The party's still going on. Somebody else will take. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't want to miss the banquet with Jesus. So here's where I want to end with this. You're invited. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses. You're invited. No excuses. I think when I do this card, I'm going to say something like, you're invited, right? No excuses. I'm going to put a little barcode that when they scan the barcode, the first thing they'll see, online streaming. You ain't even got to come in. You can join us from wherever you are. You're invited. No business deal. No work endeavor. No family commitment. Nothing should take precedence of God. Here's how I say this to people all the time. God first, family second, work third, church. You kind of hear me? Put God where he rightfully belongs. Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, the harvest is ripe. The problem is not the harvest. It's the laborers. And your challenge, God, is that we work while it's day. For night is going to come when no one can work. As you begin to shift, Lord, to invite people to come to the banquet table, I'm praying that every person in here would search their heart. As servants of God, Lord, we pray that we would position ourselves to know more of God so we can 
accurately proclaim the words of God. So God, we give ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to you. We open our hearts for you to speak, Lord. Fill us afresh with your spirit so we can be who you would have us to be. And Lord, if there's a person here that have not said yes, that did not realize that the invitation was extended to them and they've been made, making excuses next Sunday, Monday, next week, no excuses, they're invited. Draw them, Lord. Draw them, draw them to come to our relationship with you. And God, as we leave here this week, I am praying that we would be bold warriors to tell people to come to the banquet table with Jesus. So we give ourselves to you, God. Move in this place as we give it all to you. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen.